Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 313, recorded live on Sunday, June 23rd, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man who knows the meaning behind the 313, Dave Pillay. Hey! The man who thought it would be interesting as an intro, Andy Lowe. Hi. Meaning behind 313. 313. Three, one, three. If you were going to call your parents... Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Oh, my are you... Don't have, we don't have a 313. You don't have a 313 area no. code anymore? No. Do you? No, my parents got switched to 734. I thought... Yeah, you... we're on 734. Was 313 more of an Ipsy thing, then? Yeah, it was closer to Detroit. Mm. Detroit itself was still 313. Okay. Like 313, what the hell? Yes, 313 was our old area code before they split it because there were too many people. Too many phones. Too many phones. I mean, it's Detroit and the suburbs. So yes, episode 313. I think it'd be a little harder if I you know, waited for episode 734. It'll happen. Give it another six years. Another six years. Where do you see yourself in six years, Dave? <laughs> I don't know where I see myself next week. Question is, where do you see yourself in six years? Um. NPR doing this show. <laughs> We'd have to actually be careful about what we say. Mm-hmm. We'd have to start every episode with, you know, this is our views and not the views of NPR. It's member stations. The, the standard boilerplate. Yep. Intro. Yep. When did they switch from 313 to 734? It was in the mid-90s. Because I remember, I, I think we were in like middle school. I still remember going to see Ludacris at the e- EMU Convocation Center. Mm-hmm. I forgot why we were going to go see Ludacris, but I think Kyle, he would know why. I just don't remember from a long right. time but ago. Where, where does this come from, Andy? Why are you bringing up Ludacris? Ludacris had a song called Area Codes. Oh, and it was all the, the girls that he's dated. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the area codes that he says in the song is 313. So he probably knew a girl in Detroit. Yeah. Not very surprising. But as soon as he said 313 in the song, the place went bonkers. <laughs> And what a what a song, right? Just going through your phone book. Because that's what it was. It was like, ah, just going through my contacts, flipping through the Rolodex. I love the fact, though, that in the Wikipedia article for area codes, mm-hmm. there's the legacy section which says, because telephones and area codes are increasingly becoming less constrained to particular geographic areas... Scholars and cultural critics have noted that area codes may be incomprehensible to future generations. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a 734 number, and I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, I have a 734, and I have a 269. Yep. As soon as cell phones came out, man, that was it. Well, not really. It, what had happened, though, was the law that Congress had passed saying that you could transfer your cell phone number from one carrier to another. Yes. Once that happened. Well, then it was definitely out. Yeah. 
But even before that. True. Once you had the cell phone, you could be living in somewhere else. But if you had to get a new cell phone, they would base your cell phone number off of your current uh, mailing address. So, yeah, I could see where it started with the cell phones, but it definitely the last straw was moving your cell phone number with you. Which I swear we've talked about this topic at some point in the past. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Which, you know, after 313 episodes, there are many topics we have talked <laughs> about in the past. That is also very true. Let's talk about something else then. All right, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Google Reader is shutting down in a week. Dun, dun, dun. What was that? That was my dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. You mean that? Yes, that's what I meant. Okay, because yours was very monotonic. It was just dun, dun, dun. Sorry. It's a descending scale. I know you played percussion, Andy, but you were still in band. I didn't have to worry about notes. Everything was already tuned. <laughs> Tones? What are that? Just, you just hit the damn thing. Dun, dun, timpanies. Dun, that, right? The timpani we had to actually timpanies. tune. Well, but then it was still only like pick one of four. True. Unless you had to retune things in the middle of songs. That was always fun. How do you do that? Well, most of the time, the, the newer timpani have uh, foot pedals. Which just switch it? Well, it's basically like a sliding scale. So what we used to do, actually, is when we moved the timpani in the day before, we would just go through all the songs that we knew we were playing and figure out what notes we wanted on what timpani. And just and then, mark it. Yeah, just mark it on the little sliding scale. Lame. I'm sorry. I mean, but if you, smart, but lame. For, I, the, 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 the high-class timpani, quote-unquote, the stuff that the, like, you know, the Philharmonic Orchestra of New York City does. Mm-hmm. Those they actually have to tune each of the lugs by hand, so then it's a, it's a bit more difficult to retune one of those. Okay. So what did this have to do with Google Reader? Um, that Google Reader is is closing at the end of the week. It's been a couple months. They've they've announced it. They've talked about it. Facebook, not Facebook, Lifehacker immediately posted like, "Here's five alternatives. Go check them out." And every one of their sites crashed because of the load. But I'm a terrible procrastinator. <laughs> right. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> the, the first week they announced this, I'm like, oh, shit, well, I'll go check them out. And I, I looked at one or two of them, but I never really committed. I've been still using Google Reader because I didn't want to deal with the load and deal with all the people going there and all this crap. And so I'm still sitting here on Google Reader, and there's a week left. But hello. High in the sky. Out of the dark clouds. The last company you would expect. Dig. Wait, what? Dig is making a RSS reader. And it's they've they've actually done a lot of work as far as paying attention to the community and the community's desires and asking people what do you want and listening to it and implementing it. And it is almost released. They have a week to go. They will have it out, they claim, by the time Google Reader closes. Um, wasn't Dig basically just a giant mass social Google Reader? I mean, it was basically Reddit, just not as well done as Reddit. I'm looking at this, the uh, page for Dig now, and I'm confused Like by Dig's it. front page? Yeah. Oh, God. I haven't been to Dig's front page in two years. What? 
<laughs> what is this? I don't know what this is. This is not the dig that I remember. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is just weird. But I'm happy that there's an option for you for your Google Reader. Yay. I'm excited for it. I'm hoping that they, they actually do as, you know, they deliver as promised. But if you go to dig.com slash reader, they're like... I didn't even notice that it was shutting down. That Google Reader was shutting down? Yeah. Well, you don't use it. I know. You just get your stuff emailed to you. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't want to mix my email, my communication with my news. So you're basically saying you don't want your newspaper delivered with your mail. Right. You want a separate paper boy to drive around and give you the news. Yes. Except I don't want a separate paper boy. I want hundreds of paper boys. And paper girls. I'm not discriminative. I was gonna yeah. We we don't we don't discriminate on paper boys and girls. Side note, being a postal worker, I hate the paper boys. Yeah? Because around here, because everybody's so um spread out since you know, we're basically farmland out here. Right. All the paper boys are basically like paper men or paper women. Okay. Driving beat up old minivans on the wrong side of the road. Oh, those bastards. Plus they drive like 45 and then come to a sudden stop. And then they glare at you because you're, you know, you're sitting in front of a mailbox delivering the mail and they're sitting there trying to deliver their paper. Ugh. But every time you pass by, you do a nice little, hi, I know what you're doing, Wave. I feel your pain. <laughs> cool. So, Dave, do you want to talk about the Microsoft Xbox 180? First off, don't call it that, please. I, why? God, I, every time, every time. Damn it, why didn't they listen? Should have emailed someone. They still wouldn't have listened. No, no, they wouldn't have. It's a terrible, terrible choice of name. But it's so poetic. Xbox 365. Xbox 365 would have been so much better. Wouldn't have had X-Bone. Wouldn't have had Xbox 180. Wouldn't have had any of this shit. No, they would have still had this shit. It just would have been a different name. Well, it would have been, yeah. (laughs) Believe me, the internet can find funny names for things. (laughs) When you get a large enough group of people all pissed off... So, if you have not been paying attention to gaming news, or if for some bizarre reason we are your only source of gaming news, for which I apologize, uh, Xbox and Microsoft in, in general has reversed their stance and said, okay, okay, we get it. You guys don't want this kind of awkward future that we were offering. You want what you've got? Fine. We will take out this feature and this feature and this feature because we can no longer support it. But now you can play used games. Now you don't have to authenticate every day. There you go. Which is kind of funny because that's what everybody was clamoring for. But then the internet kind of just erupted, be like, oh my god, they actually caved. Is, is that how you're interpreting it? Is like, oh my god, that, that's the internet's reaction is, oh my god, they caved? That's what it seemed like that first, like, six hours after it was announced. I mean... Well, but that's what you'd expect. They, the internet collectively felt victorious. Which was kind of funny because then there was also the anti-change backlash that was happening. People saying like, wait, there were all these awesome new features and now they're gone. What have you guys done? 
yeah. this is more of the same. This means that the, the 360 isn't really, a, or not the 360, sorry, the Xbox One is no longer a, a true next generation console that the PS4 and Xbox One are just more, you know, they're, they're beefier versions of what we've got. I, though, um, was pleased for this change. Okay. I'm, I'm ambivalent about the change. I'm neither pleased nor upset. Why is that? Well, because I, I, there are advantages and disadvantages to both. I'm not sure I'm buying a next-gen console anyway. Do you know how long it's been since I've turned on my 360? Probably longer than me, but still, it's a long time. Yep. I have Assassin's Creed 3. I haven't even played it. You're not really missing much. So I don't know if, if I'll even pick up a next-gen system. God, Andy, what's happening to me? <laughs> You're becoming a PC gamer. I guess. Well, you actually, technically, you were a PC gamer, so you're just I mean, going I've, back yeah, home? I've always been a PC gamer. I strayed from the path and went over to consoles for a while, and now I've returned. And by the end of next year, I'm going to be buying myself a, a huge rig so I can play Star Citizen. Oh, oh, oh. Do you still have that tower from PAX? Yes. Is it being used for anything? It's what I use for my PC. Oh, I use mine as an end table. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a nice case. I just haven't had a use for it. Okay. We're going to have to pause for one minute because you have to watch this video. Okay, why'd you make me watch that? So that video looks really good, yes? Yes, but anybody can make a good-looking video. Yes, especially if they use pre-rendered graphics, yes. right? Mm-hmm. That's in engine. Yeah, bah? <laughs> yeah. That's which that's engine? What, that's what the the engine that they developed to run this game. I know, but what was is it PC related or what? PC related in the sense that yes, it will run on a PC. Okay, I didn't know if like you were talking about something that this was like one of the Xbox One or PS Four things. Nope, nope, PC. That video, which I will post as a topic. That's the the in-engine video. Okay. I'm super excited for this game. I am ambivalent. Ambivalent? That's what I said. Okay. I heard ambivalent. Or is this your milk and milk kind of thing? Probably. Okay. Because it, it actually is ambivalent. I mean, there really is no alternative here. I just go where the words take me. They take you wrong, Andy. <laughs> so back to the, the Xbox One, PlayStation 4. What are you going to do? Are you going to purchase one? Probably not. Just stick to PC gaming? That and how many, like, I, like we did with our classic gaming, there's a lot of things in the back catalog of gaming history that I haven't tried mm-hmm. ever. That you want to. Yes. Because there's a difference between a lot of things you haven't tried and a lot of things you haven't tried that you want to try. True. I haven't tried drinking a gallon of milk in one go. Nor would I ever But you want don't to. want to try. No. But trying out the original Metro, the original Mega Man. Metroid? That too. There you go. The original Mega Man is hard. So is the original Metroid, for that matter. Thank I'd you. actually... I'd, I'd personally recommend uh, Super Metroid over the original Metroid. Mm. 
I assume you haven't played either of them. Nope. I think it's time to do a classic game night again. Sometime this week. And yes, we will understand that you can't get on the microphone in the middle of the week. All right. So, any other news to talk about as far as the Xbox One policy? Not that I can think of. It was... I should find that uh, paste bin. It's not really a Microsoft engineer. Oh, it isn't? No. Microsoft denies it. Oh. Never mind then. Particularly because some of the things that it said were false. Like how the family plan would work, where people would be able to uh, play for like a reduced amount of time. Yeah, Microsoft said absolutely not. Family plan was that everyone who would, would have access to the game... There was no time limit. That's ridiculous. Okay, well then, never mind on that one. Yep. Okay. Uh, who's who's getting an IPO? Uh, remember hearing about that Candy Crush game? Yeah, the one that went through the roof because Sai put it in his sequel to Gangnam Style because he got paid some ridiculous amount of money for it. Yeah. Yeah, what about it? Uh, their creator... King Studios yeah, is said to be preparing for an IPO. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody else seem that to, to think that this is a bad idea? They have one game, right? Yeah. Like, one game. Yeah. I'm significantly more interested in the last sentence of this article. That uh, Angry Birds Rovio is thinking about becoming an IPO? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually known about that one for a couple months now. I know someone who worked for the people who founded Rovio. Ah. He's like, yeah, they're, they're planning on going public. At some point in the future. Well, I do just say, they, out of all of the people... Have the most right to go public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, although, you know, how long is it going to last, Andy? How long can you sit there and fling a bird at a pig? I don't know, how many different... Even when you start dressing up the birds... There has to be a limit here. I don't think they found it yet, though. Probably not. Oh, Zanga's IPO. Okay, so King IPO. And again, you know, IPOs, it's not like average people, you and me, would get to get in on that. Nope. You gotta, you literally have to know somebody. Yep. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Like Facebook's IPO. Making rich people even richer. Mm-hmm. And Facebook exposing 6 million users' personal info. Not all of its users, just 6 million of them. You know, just 6 million out of 1.1 and billion by users. by personal info, it's just emails and phone numbers and names. Oops. I think that's still personal info. If my f- Yes, I don't have to. I can change my phone number and my email. But would I really want to? No. You've had the same phone number for 10 years. It's had the same email for I don't know how long. Now I'm curious. You're going to Gmail and you're going to look up your oldest email, aren't you? Yep. All right. Let's see. Out of 72,568 emails. How do you get to the last one? Is there a sort? I am just searching... No, I don't want to have an attachment. Oh, here we go. Looks like we're back in 2004. 
So far, I'm up to October. February of 2005. Oh, I've got you beaten. I don't even have to know what the first one is. Okay. We're talking at least October 2004. Yep. My first email was February 18th of 2005. All right, it's after July, August, September. Yeah, we're looking at October 2004. Oh, so you beat me by four months. Oh, here we go. Here's what you need to know from the Gmail team. Mm -hmm. September 11th, 2004. Wow. First email I sent out was for Patriot Games 5 registration. <laughs> oh, diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was pointless. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know what else is uh, potentially pointless? What? Since we're already on the topic of Facebook. Instagram video. Yeah, didn't Yahoo just buy Instagram? No, Yahoo bought Tumblr. Ah. Facebook bought Instagram for an ungodly amount of money. So they now have a video version. Yes. It's, so the, the idea behind this is to compete with Vine. How long are these videos? I don't know if there's a limit, but the idea is that it's going to be integrated with Facebook. So how, just how Vine is integrated with Twitter... Instagram video is integrated with Facebook. Your video can be anywhere between 3 to 15 seconds long. Okay, there you go. Instagram video. So that means I can record video clips and put sepia tones on them. Woo! Yeah. Oh boy. Dave, does your inner photographer cringe every time you look at somebody's Instagram yes. photos? Yes! Oh my god, yes. Oh, for the... Oh, I hate it. I look at it as a, but, 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 no. Where is your rule of thirds? No, I don't care. I I love the fact that it's getting people into photography, but it's, it's like going into, it's like if you were to paint, except you only had one brush, like one huge brush, and that was it. Like, there are so many better ways to do it. It works for the consumer, but then they try and pass it off as, oh, look, I'm artistic. No. No, stop. No. I knew I was just goading you with that one. I know. So AT&T. Yes. Is rolling out wireless emergency alerts. Okay. Don't most cell phones do that nowadays? I know I've gotten a couple emergency alerts from my Google Now stuff. Stuff from, like, the emergency alert system? Yeah. Really? Like the National Weather Service emergency alerts. Like, hey, flash flood warning. Hey, thunderstorm warning. Hey, thunderstorm warning. It's been a pretty busy week out here. <laughs> oh, I know. I Having to drive around fallen trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, uh, so there are three levels of emergency alerts that you can get on your phone. One is your weather okay. emergency alerts. Second is Amber Alerts. What are Amber third Alerts? Level, what? What are Amber Alerts? Amber Alerts is if there's a missing child somewhere. Okay. They're like, hey, this child has been abducted. Look out for a white minivan. 
late model, that sort of stuff. Okay. The third level are presidential alerts. The president is coming to your area? No, it's like if September 11th happened and the president had put out like a national decree saying like there was a terrorist attack in New York City, that's what a presidential alert would be. You can turn off the amber alerts and the emergency alerts, but you cannot turn off the presidential alerts. Hmm. I mean, I, huh. Privacy? Well, what if I don't want to know? You can, it's, it's part of the rules that were passed back in 2006. I forgot which, uh, I think it was the Wireless Alert and Response Network Act that established that national emergency alert system that failed horribly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was part of the uh, ruling with that. Can you alter what sound it makes? I don't know. I, have, I haven't actually gotten this on my phone yet. Oh, you are an AT&T user, aren't you? No. No? No. Still T-Mobile? Yes. On both phones? I've dropped the second phone. Ah, but the second phone was AT&T. Yes. See, I'm not going crazy. You're just behind the times. I'm behind the times because you never told me you got rid of your second phone. Yeah, I got rid of that second phone. Okay. So... These these alerts, though, are strictly one way. Like, they, there is no... You see, what you have with your emergency alert, I think, is actually just through Google Now, where Google yes. Now goes separately to... The National Weather Service and yeah. finds out what's going on and says, hey, these people are in that area. Send them a message. Yes. Yeah. All right. The whatever it's called, the WE alert, W-E-A, wireless emergency alert. Here we go. What is it? WEA alert. Will be accompanied by a unique attention signal and vibration. Unique attention signal and vibration? Yes. Wow. Do you know how annoying that's going to be if you're in like a public area and all of a sudden everyone's phone goes off? With the same alert noise and vibration? Yeah. Okay, participation in the program by wireless carriers is widespread but voluntary. Oh, thank God. So it's opt-in? Yes. For your carrier can opt-in. You have no choice over the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Seriously, just use the Google Now thing. But I don't have Android 4. Andy, it's time to upgrade your phone. I'm good. Okay. Andy, it's time to upgrade your phone. Hold on, let's see which T-Mobile phones have this wireless emergency alert on them. God, I've got to go like four links into this thing to actually get the list of compatible devices. Okay, so you got the iPhones, Samsung Galaxy S, HTC One. Yeah, it looks like you got all the Android 4.0 stuff and iOS 6. What about iOS 7? One would assume so. Yes. So yeah, that's coming to everybody. Cool-ish? Uh-huh. So speaking of wireless carriers. Yeah. Verizon. Yeah. And Netflix. Yeah. What about them? Do you know what peering is in relation to bandwidth providers peering with each other? Nope. Okay. 
So the idea is rather than, uh, let's say you're an internet provider for your people out in Wisconsin, I'm an internet provider here in Michigan. Now our people are talking back and forth and rather than saying, oh, your guys use my internet connection for X amount of time, so you owe me 50 cents. Then you'd be like, well, your guys used my internet service, so you owe me 50 cents. So rather than doing a bunch of back and forth transactions, which basically mm-hmm. end up as Null a, each other out. Yeah. Net sum of zero. Yeah. Um, basically, Peering would uh, say that, hey, let's just agree that we're going to be using each other's networks and then just call it even. Just to basically set up a network between us, connection between us, and just say everything is free. Okay. So that's the idea behind peering is that the bandwidth providers basically have an unwritten agreement saying, okay, we'll put a cable between us and just not worry about it. Are they allowed to do that? Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like something that the FTC would want to look at. No, but that's what they do. That's, that's what they've that's been like doing. That's like anti-competitive. Okay. And so? So Verizon and Cogent Communications. Yeah have a peering agreement set up there and um they have several ports connected between their two networks normally the ports fill up uh see the port's speed is 10 gigabits a second normally if you get about 50 percent you would basically add another line between the two of you okay makes sense hey this this line's full we got to add another one yeah verizon's not uh basically reciprocating oh because what, why not? Well, um, Cogent is basically Netflix's internet service provider. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I see. Huh. So Verizon is using Cogent's lines, but Cogent is not really getting a chance to use Verizon's lines. No, because Verizon doesn't want to have to support Netflix. Basically, yeah. The the when. Verizon people connect to Cogent. The Cogent adds more ports because, hey, things are getting full. But Verizon is not reciprocating. So when everything's trying to get from Netflix to Verizon customers, it basically hits a log jam. It's like a clogged on-ramp to the internet or uh, freeway. Okay. So what is Cogent going to do about it? They can't really do much about it, though. That's the thing. I mean, they could just stop supporting Verizon. Oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wonder how that would work. Would that be a back... Oh. If Netflix all of a sudden stopped working on Verizon phones. Oh. Would that be a bigger loss to Netflix because all of a sudden Verizon devices don't work? Or a bigger loss to Verizon because all of a sudden people will start fleeing so that they can get back to Netflix? I don't know. Okay, so I mean, we'll just, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. Let's just assume this fact that you want to stream Netflix. You're on Verizon. You go to the Netflix website, and the Netflix website says, we're sorry, but since you're a Verizon customer, we cannot provide our services to you. What would you do? I'd be pretty pissed at both sides. You would call Verizon, though, right off the bat, my guess. Hey, say, why is Netflix saying that... I- can't like why can't i watch netflix and do you i uh, would expect 90 percent of the time somebody at verizon's higher ups would be able to spin this to say hey we're not doing anything wrong it's all netflix go complain to them right i mean it's it's comcast and the big 10 network yeah 
all over again. Yep. Where both sides are just being idiots. My guess, though, is Verizon would say, hey, there's this Redbox Redbox Instant you could use. Yep. Without telling you that Verizon owns 50% of Redbox. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, Verizon, you sneaky bastard. Mm Mm-hmm. So, speaking of Comcast. Yep. They have a new plan to spread Wi-Fi through the Twin Cities up in Minnesota. Yeah. The idea is... Drones. No. Aw, that would have been so cool. I thought you were going to say balloons, like Google's idea. No, I was thinking of just, like, having drones hanging out, following people, being their Wi-Fi. Creepiest Wi-Fi ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anyway, their plan to spread more Wi-Fi is... Dot, dot, dot. Replace their home customers' wireless routers with... New wireless routers that broadcast two Wi-Fi signals. One's the private Wi-Fi from that for your house. And one would be a public Wi-Fi. Yes. Um, Accessible to everybody. Um, only if you're providing me two cable lines to my house. Yeah, what happens if that <laughs> is... is yeah, sure, it doesn't... It's not going to slow down your Wi-Fi. Absolutely. But it... it would slow down your internet when everyone else is on your cable. Unless these wife How do you regulate the speed of your cable modem? Also, what's to stop me, quote-unquote, a seasoned programmer who's familiar with wireless protocols and getting into routers from hijacking every signal that comes through? I don't know. I mean, this sounds like a really bad idea. This is Comcast's plan, though. I, wow, okay. Only Comcast's own paying customers will get unfettered, unlimited access to the public Wi-Fi nodes. Other people will get two free sessions per month, an hour per session. Two hours of internet a month. Yes. It probably uses the MAC address, though, which on many devices can be spoofed. So you probably could get unlimited if you know what you're doing. Yes. But wow. I'm I'm impressed that Comcast is trying to do something kind of so grandiose, but wow, that's that's a bad way of doing it. That's a really bad way of doing it. Alright, tell me about these invisible walls, Andy. Okay, so people have done studies. Yes. And it turns out if you have a solid wall, yes. if you drill a pinhole through it, and then, no joke, put saran wrap over the hole, okay. you do this enough times through the wall in a set pattern, you can actually make the sound travel through the wall between three quarters and almost 100% of the original volume source. Huh. With pinholes and saran wrap. Yes. That's kind of cool. So it makes the wall kind of transparent. Yeah, so I was trying to, I was trying to say invisible, but I'm like, no, wait, that's non-visible. That doesn't work for no, sound. In, invisible, in an invisible sound would be like, well, first off, all sound is like inherently invisible. It's just changes in pressure. Mm-hmm. But even when you can visualize it, uh, I, I, you're looking for the analog of what this is, and an analog of of invisible in sound would be silent. So an invisible wall is a silent wall. <laughs> I think you're looking for for transparent, and there is no 
transparent for sound because we've never had to worry about it. Transmissive? Transaudient? Perhaps? Does that work? Instead of transparent, transaudient? Maybe. A material through which sound passes harmlessly, like without reduction? Air, for instance. Okay, cool. A one petabyte DVD? Yeah, this one's kind of funky because you start messing with some of the classic laws of physics. But, <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you... Okay. There was a 1873 yeah. German physicist called uh, Ernest... Ernst Ab. Yeah. Basically saying, like, you cannot make the width of a light beam smaller than half its wavelength. You, you, just, you just can't. Okay. But somehow they break this classic law of physics. I'm not sure how. We're talking, like, high-class physics here. But somehow they're able to do it. Okay. So according to them, you could fit one petabyte of data onto a DVD. Damn. Damn. Yeah. A petabyte. A petabyte. On one DVD. Yes. Damn. I'm not even to, like, tens of terabytes yet. Can you imagine what sort of image you could fit on a petabyte? A really, really big one? I mean, Arthur C. Clarke kind of predicted that a petabyte would be enough to hold the entirety of a person. I could see that. That's a lot of data. Wow. Okay. So when do these come to market? I am not sure. Kind of kicks the shit out of Blu-ray. <laughs> Is this another one of those things where it's like maybe in five or ten years it'll be significant commercially? I, I don't know. This, this is honestly doing something crazy, so who knows? Okay, so fun little physics thing. Yes. Basically using uh, interference is what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like they're using multiple lights, I guess, too. Andy does not understand most physics. No. Firefox and cookies. Yes. Like the cookies on your kitchen counter. No. No? Different they're in a cookies. bowl right now. They're in a bowl. Yes, the Andy cookies made cookies are in a bowl. yesterday. How did you know I made cookies yesterday? Because I'm everywhere, Andy. They're in a bowl. We have two cookie jars. <laughs> we have two cookie jars? We have two cookie jars. Oh, you're right. We do have two cookie jars. And I put and them in a bowl. You put them in a bowl with a pot lid on them. You understand the purpose of a cookie jar, yes? To keep the cookies from having air? To contain cookies. Period. Just that is the purpose of cookie jars is to contain cookies. Okay, I made my own cookie jar out of a bowl and a pot lid. But you have two cookie jars. And they have cookies in them. So you now have three cookie jars with cookies? Wait, are there even cookies in Cookie Monster? No. You have a cookie monster cookie jar? Yes, yes we do. Our other cookie jar is a skull, just to let you know. Laura wants a TARDIS cookie jar. Oh, they're bound to be out there. Oh, they, they exist. <laughs> TARDIS cookie jar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Think Geek. Yep, they exist. But this has nothing to do with the Firefox cookies. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about these Firefox cookies. Well, these are the internet cookies. Yeah. So Firefox, in the next version of Firefox, I guess we're like Firefox 21 now or something, they're going mm-hmm. to block 
cookies. Block cookies. But I need cookies. Cookies let me do cool stuff online. I know, but they're going to block third-party cookies. But cookies let me do stuff online. True. What what third-party cookies are they blocking? Well, the same one that uh, Apple's Safari browser is blocking. But I'm confused. It is perhaps because I don't understand fully what is meant by third-party cookie. Okay. You go to the Washington Post. Yes. You sign in to the Washington Post. Yes. You say, hey, remember me on this computer. Therefore, yes. the Washington Post will send you a cookie that you will yes. store on your computer, right? They, they put the cookie there. Yes. I've dealt with I've actually created those cookies before. Okay, so if that's, that's a first-party cookie. That's from... Washington Post. It's, yes. It's where you're going. Yes. Okay. Third-party cookies are from that little bit of advertising on the right side will also send you a cookie, but it's not but from the Washington Post. I don't want them to send me a cookie. Okay, good. Then Firefox will block that cookie, but not the Washington Post cookie. So they basically block cross-site cookies. Yes. So this will last all of three months. What do you mean? If that. Well, because advertisers will all of a sudden notice this and start making deals with the sites that they advertise on and advertise through, and they'll just change the way they do it. It's an arms race. An arms race over cookies. An arms race over cookies. It is a cookie arms race. It's like the Butter Battle book, but with cookies. Sir, we cannot let there be a cookie gap. No? <sighs> Dr. No? Strangelove? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. There we go. There's Andy's inner geek coming out. We cannot let there be a mineshaft gap. Anyway. Guy could have a good night on the town with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Steam just emailed me and told me that my one of my wish list items is on sale. See, that's good targeting advertisement. Targeted advertising. There we go. I say I am interested in this item, and Steam says, Oh hey, that item that you were interested in, it's on sale. Anyway. I just got an email saying, Hey, you should probably renew RAPodcast.com. Oh yeah, probably. Should do yeah. that for dot net. Also because they're raising the price. Oh. ICANN is raising the price of .net and .org. Boo. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Tesla is doing something. I really they don't They want to do this whole battery swap idea. I don't have wanna... a Tesla. I'm not going to buy a Tesla. Are you buying a Tesla? No. But what they want to do is, um, instead of going to a charging station, they'll actually have, you'll pull up to a thing and they'll swap the batteries for you. Oh, so that you don't have to sit there while it charges. Yes. They'll just keep charging batteries, and then when you pull in, you get a fresh one. Yes. That's kind of cool. And then um, who cho- the drivers who choose the swap must reclaim their original battery on their return trip or play the differences in the new battery cost. Why would the new battery cost more? Because it's a brand new battery. Your battery might be at the end of life. But it the, the way I see this is it's like, Here's your fuel tank in your car, right? And now all of a sudden the fuel tank is detachable. Yes. And so gas stations are now, you pull up. In fact, they already do this. Just without your fuel tank, it's your propane tank. But the the problem is the fact... You pull up, no, because you pull up, you can charge your propane tank. And in fact, they call it charging, right? 
Yes. Or you can just give them your old propane tank. They give you another propane tank, which is already full. Now, nowhere does it say that this is a brand new propane tank. Why would Tesla have to give me a new battery? I just need a charged battery. So you're going along the lines of, I think Renault is doing this in Europe with their electric cars, where you would actually just basically lease batteries. Yeah, or not even. I mean, the car is expensive enough that when I purchase the car, I have the right to keep batteries. <laughs> that I, can, I, I get a battery and I can always exchange it. Okay, so the, the, the one problem I'm seeing with your whole propane tank thing mm-hmm. is the fact that the batteries themselves will wear down as they're used. Well, propane tanks sort of do as well. The, the nozzles and the connectors wear down. Well, not as quickly as... As a battery? Yeah. Look, if they're having that much trouble keeping these batteries live and fresh, I don't want one to begin with. It would be like, honestly, going to the, the, uh, the propane thing. You give them a, batter, uh, a propane tank, they give you another one, except the one you give them is so janky that they can't use it. They're like, hey, wait a second, what are you doing? Okay, if that's the point, right? If, if it gets to the point where the battery I give them is so bad that they can't charge it or that it can't hold a charge, first off, whose fault is that? Theirs. Second off, why am I paying for it? <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing just seems ridiculous. Yes, very much so. I, I, I think that they have the opportunity with, if they did the actual like exchange. Awesome. But this whole idea of it's a loan while we charge your battery... I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, it's, it's a silly idea. On second thought, let's not go to Camelot. <laughs> it is a silly place. Random review. Your turn. My turn. Dash lane. Which sounds like, like an... it should be a racing game, right? I was going to say, is this another version of Temple Run? It, it is not. Oh. Is it one word or two? Uh, one word? I mean, just dashlane.com. Password manager? What? It is what a is, password manager. What does the name Dashlane have to do with password management? I don't know. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing as, as one key, one pass, whatever it is. Or any number of other password management systems. I think BitLocker is another one. Uh, but I've been using it for, for two weeks or so. The basic version is free. There is a premium version which does uh, things like device syncing so that your passwords are shared across multiple devices. It has some nice features like creating new passwords, exporting passwords. It has a... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I get, just got distracted by a picture of a cookie monster cookie jar. It's not from Kate. She's playing Bubble Shooter. No, it, it is from Kate. How'd you send him a picture of the cookie jar? <laughs> Jeez, sometimes during this pod, oh yeah, yeah. So okay. the the premium version's twenty bucks a year. Uh, it has dual key authentication, so it actually uses the Google Authenticator, and it's pretty nice. It autofills forms, generates passwords, and it has this really kind of bizarre feature which I haven't been using. Uh, which is that it will track your online purchases for you. 
So whenever you notice, whenever it notices that you have clicked a purchase button or a buy button, or it says something about a receipt, or there's a transaction, it will grab the amount that it cost and store that. And so you can track what you've purchased online with which credit card through this. It seems a little bit more complicated than just a password manager. Well, because it, it, it's a whole password manager suite. It's password manager and form filler and electronic receipts. With a silly name. With a very silly name. I do not get that silly name. I don't understand it. But it's kind of nice because now you know, I do a lot of my purchases online. And now I can just put in the, the master password and say, fill it in with this credit card, and it goes. So what I'm hearing, this is basically like Mint, BitLocker, and something else combined. Yeah, but it's easy to use. It's rather intuitive. What do you get for the free? What do you get for the free? Uh, managing your passwords. I mean, you, you get everything except the uh, backing it up to the cloud, automatic syncing, a web access. You have to use the, the software instead and priority support. So if you only have one computer and you're only going to be accessing stuff through that computer, go for it. Do it. The one problem I've had with it because it, it, it isn't flawless. The one problem I've had is it wouldn't authenticate for some reason. It said, hey, check your internet connection. I said, okay, and I looked, and my internet connection was fine. But I couldn't sign in. And since I've changed several of my passwords to make them significantly more secure, since I typically just use the same password over and over and over again, all of a sudden I couldn't get into some of my stuff because their server wasn't accepting it. So it's like the old joke about the guy who gets a safe to lock all his keys in. And then forgets the combination to the safe. Or locks the key to the safe in the safe. Yep. But there are ways around it because you can export your passwords as an Excel file and password protect the Excel file. You know, the, the, the more keys you have, the less secure things are. Yes, I'm well aware of that, Andy. You know security is an illusion, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because if you have to access it, then there's a way in. So I, w- I thought of a, an interesting social engineering trick, and I want to know if you think it would work. Okay. Talking about passwords. Call a restaurant, say, hey, I need a reservation for such and such, and they say, we're sorry, we're full. You say, oh, okay, and you hang up. You want this reservation, right? So you call again from a different number, maybe change your voice or have someone else call and say, Excuse me, I have a, a, I'm meeting some friends there at such and such time. Can you let me know what name that reservation is under so that I can let some other people know? And they say, oh, it's under John Smith. And you say, cool, thank you. Wait a couple minutes. Call from a different number. Hi, this is John Smith. Unfortunately, we've decided we're going to go somewhere else for dinner. I need to cancel my reservation. That is a dick move. <laughs> Do you think it would work? I'm trying to think of the line from Jurassic Park where you spent so much time trying to figure out if you could do it. You didn't step back to see if you should do it. Oh, I know it's a dick move. I don't ever plan on actually having to do this. But it's interesting to think about. I think you would do well in some sort of war game where you're on the red team. I'm on the red team? The red team is normally considered the bad guys. What? What? Why, why the red team? Um, because originally when the war games were first... Because it was blue versus red, United yeah. States versus the commies, yes. Yes. Actually, that's not the origin of war games. 
War Games was significantly older than that and came I, from. I'm, I'm just saying, though, for Russia. The, the origin, from the red team, though, <laughs> the red team was originally done as red versus blue, which I think actually with the Russian red, the Russian War Games, I think they actually put the bad guys as blue. So they were the blue team. But I'll have to look that one up. So anyway, you suggest this dash lane. Yes, uh, but just you know, be aware that if you lose access to them, you lose access to your stuff, which is bad. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, just be careful. Yep. All right, so random topic. Okay. Rolled ahead of time. I actually rolled a nat 20. So the random topic is, is it morally wrong to ignore the law? Oh, this is perfect segue in. <laughs> well, there's no law in there. I will freely admit what I just suggested is immoral. Um, all right, Andy, what do you think? It's one of those things where is the rest of society also ignoring the law? I.e., everybody going five over the speed limit down the highway. That's not really immoral. Technically, we're all ignoring the speed limit law, though. Yeah. But it's definitely not amoral. Some of the, the, the higher-up laws, then yes, it would be uh, immoral to ignore. Yeah, but, I mean, really? Really, is it that bad? It's a slippery slope, is what I'm hearing. Well, where's the, the line, is the question. Which laws... So, I, I guess the, the real question is, is there an inherent morality to law? Isn't that why laws were invented? Laws were invented to control the population. Okay, so wouldn't moral judgment sort of be like a law? Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not an ethicist. There are actually people who are ethicists? (laughs) Who are ethicists? (laughs) As I understand it, yes. There are people whose jobs it is is to kind of examine the ethics of things. I bet they don't get paid a lot. Probably not. Oh, ethicists. So is it morally wrong to ignore the law? Some laws, yes. Other laws, no. I I think it depends on if it's a moral law. So what would be the dividing line? If it's a moral law. (laughs) Okay, so what law, what would make it a moral law? That would be asking me to define morality, Andy. And I am, while I am certainly not an ethicist, I'm definitely not a, a... general philosopher i have no definition for morals other than what is good dave has no morals i well we've known that for a long time i mean really no it's true yeah i've known that for a while think about that again andy right think about all the times that we've played each other in video games how many random topics you've tried to find loopholes for yep i i just keep coming back to the idea of um uh which one was that railroads Oh. Do you know my, my favorite tactic in Railroads? No, what? It's playing against the computer player, figuring out where they start, and building on either side of their railroad before they get a chance to do anything. Just build railroads on either side of them so they can't move. God, that was such a bad game. It was a great game. It was a great game, but it was it, the, the multiplayer was... Brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. It was a fantastic game. 
I wonder if it's available anywhere. I don't know. Are you checking Steam right now? I'm checking the official site of Sid Meier's Railroads. Which just says in stores now. And the download section is coming soon. And the copyright date is 2006. I think they abandoned it. I just keep on getting DLC for Trey, uh, Train Simulator. Yep. I don't think it's available anywhere. You can get Railroad Tycoon 2 and Tycoon 3. Yeah, but I want Railroads. I don't think it's available anywhere anymore. Probably not. Which is too bad. Let's see. Find games. Railroads. You can still buy it from 2K, but the official site is kind of bad. You can buy it off of Amazon for $5.29. For five bucks? Wow. They need to get that thing on Steam. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Andy, what about you? What do you think as far as a moral law? You've been asking me, but you haven't answered yourself. Uh, I would say ignoring... Do not ignore laws that put other people in danger. Well, but that's what the speed limit law is for. I'm getting echoes about your response. Well, because it makes sense. I know. But it's honestly just... <laughs> that's that's called ignoring a law that you don't like, Andy. <laughs> if you're alone on the highway... There's no one else around. Does the speed limit really matter? Yes. Because sometimes it's not other people. Sometimes it's other cars or safety conditions. For instance, you may recall driving through Montana. There were posted speed limits. Yes. That's because for certain parts of those roads, if you didn't obey that speed limit, you were flung off the side of a mountain. But if you were in the car by yourself, then the only person hurt would be yourself. Well, what if there's a house at the bottom of that mountain? I'm trying to answer the question. Hold on. <laughs> Jeez, I'm getting a freaking peanut gallery here. Yep. Oh, poor Andy. All right. We will, I think, end here then, Andy. Oh, thank God. We'll, oh, we'll let you off the, the spot. How did I get a key to Texas? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was flipping through my keys in Ingress. I have a key to Texas, and I don't know where I got it from. Right, anyway, I guess that's a wrap. <laughs> that's it. All right, bye, everyone. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net Thank you for listening.